right, everybody. Welcome to New Life Church. How you guys doing today? We're doing good? I love it. My name's Jeff. I get the chance to uh, kind of share some thoughts with you from God's Word today. So glad that you joined us here at the Kearney campus at any of our other campuses. Thank you so much for being, being a part of us. If you're watching online, I'm ecstatic that you're with us. I want you to do one quick thing. Would you turn to the person next to you that you care about the most or the stranger that's farthest from you and just look them in the eye and tell them this, you're the prettiest thing I've seen all day. Would you just do that? Come on. Just tell them, prettiest thing I've seen all day. <clears throat> prettiest thing I've seen all day. Awesome. Well, hey, we are in our series that we entitled Mandates. We're looking through God's Word to find out what does God's Word say to us in the, in, the, in the directive of a mandate that He goes, you live this way, not only will you be blessed, but you will be a blessing to others. And today, we're going to be talking about the mandate of generosity. I want you to notice the word that you know, we're using today, generosity. We're not talking about do dollars that you give that are just solely going to the church to pay the salaries of the pastors. We're talking about dollars that we give above and beyond our tithe. That's what tithe does. Tithe handles that. It handles, you know, mortgage payments. It handles, um, you know, facility expenses. It handles, you know, all the general budget um, expenses of the church. Generosity is above and beyond that. All right? And we look at generosity as what can we give away to build God's kingdom, both here in Nebraska, but all the way to the ends of the earth. And we're a church that values generosity, by the way. Um, if you have been a part of New Life for any length of time, you will have heard us celebrate and talk about generous giving and how we're able to be a blessing to others. One of the things I love about being the pastor of this church is that I get the chance to pastor one of the best churches on the planet. You are such a generous people. I mean, you just are. I mean, Bar none, you are a generous people. I think per capita, you are a generous people from Ogallala to the Kearney campus. You know, I just know this about you. I know that if a friend was in need, if someone else was in need, you would stop what you're doing and you would, you would stop whatever your interests were and you would help them. I know that because I've heard too many stories from this congregation of people who have done that very thing. I know this as well, that if you found another brother or sister in need, you would bless them. And if it required $20 to come out of your bank account and give it to them or out of your purse or out of your wallet or you Venmoed it to them, you would do it in a heartbeat and not even ask for it to come back to you. How do I know this? Because life groups at all of our campuses have behaved this way with one another. And I've been so proud of you. I also know that you're a generous congregation because in 2020, the way that you stepped up and you gave like no one has ever given before at our church just gave to see other people find Jesus and to see their lives changed. And it was, it blew us all away. I mean, it just caught us all off guard. It, it caught us in a place where we were like, holy cow, I had no idea that we had a congregation that was so generous. In fact, you were generous to the point where you gave $434,889 to see people find Jesus and lives changed in Nebraska and around the world. That's exciting, church. That's exciting. And I have two desires for you today, all right? The first desire as you hear this message about biblical generosity is that you would, you would really become a people and desire to be known as a people that just aren't, you know, occasionally generous, but live a lifestyle of generosity. 
that's one of the things I have a desire for you. Uh, that's one of the things that's in my heart. It burns for you. Another one is that, that you would have a dream inside of you to be more generous in 2021 than you were ever generous in 2020. And I just have that desire. Why? Because I feel like, guys, back in October, the Lord started speaking to me about 2021. I'm not claiming to be a prophet or anything. I'm just telling you the things that God kind of whispers to my heart. And for your pastor, this is one of the things God whispered to my heart. He whispered to my heart that there's an urgency in the time in which we live. This is nothing new, by the way. My grandparents talked about the urgency of Christ's return. My parents talked about it. I guarantee you my great-great-grandparents talked about the urgency of Christ's return. But I'm telling you today, as your pastor, that's not a, that's not a message that God's letting up on. In fact, it's a, it's a message that God's putting the throttle down on. And he's going, spiritual leaders, wake up. As I look around the world, I see the enemy, you know, ravaging this world with, you know, horrendous evil in ways that, you know, I just have never seen in my lifetime. That's one of the things that God is kind of showing me. Like, there's an urgency, Jeff. The enemy is ratcheting up his horrendous evil in this world. It's time to step up, not to match it, but to exceed it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I see opposition to the good news and the message of Jesus Christ you know, coming down upon believers um, in the near future like we've never seen in our lifetime. It's time to seize the moment. It's the urgency of now. I look around and I see the darkness, darkness of hopelessness that's choking out life in our state, right, in our communities, in our nation, and around the world. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, I'm not going to be a spiritual leader that stands by and just lets darkness choke out the life in others. We're going to be a church that steps up and figures out a way that we can partner with what God's doing around the world to see life come back to people. Why? Because in the midst of all of this chaos and craziness that's going on, I sense that the Lord keeps whispering to me the same passage of Scripture over and over and over again as he keeps driving home the urgency of the moment in which we live in. Let me take you to what God's whispering to me. Luke 14, go quickly. Someone say quickly. quickly. Go quickly. Go urgently, right? Into the streets and the alleys of the towns and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Which, by the way, we're not just talking about physical ailments here. Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. I sense the urgency of God going, it's time. Get out there quickly. Go out. Invite people to come. Why? So that God's house here on earth will be full all around the world. His local church full of people finding Jesus and lives being changed so that his kingdom house will be full. Heaven will be full of humanity, his creation of people that have found Jesus and their lives were radically changed. So as your pastor, there's this urgency burning within me to make sure that we are a church that, build, that builds God's kingdom. And I just want to be forthright with you. First, I believe that the obligation is to make sure we're building God's kingdom in your heart. So that through your heart, we can be generous to build God's kingdom in the hearts of others. First you, secondly through us, to build God's kingdom in the hearts of others. Building God's kingdom is our ministry of generosity. It is your ministry, church, of generosity to build God's kingdom. And we do that through kingdom builders. So 
what really is Kingdom Builders? For some of you that are newer to our church and maybe you just heard us celebrating it, what really is it? It's like a mutual fund of opportunities all lumped together called Kingdom Builders that when we give through Kingdom Builders, our dollars They go a little bit to this missionary, a little bit to this missions organization, a little bit to this country, a little bit to that place, so that people all around the world are hearing the good news of Jesus so that they can surrender their life to him, right? It's a a mutual fund like no other mutual fund. The return isn't something that you get necessarily on this earth. The return is something that we get as we stand before God in heaven, which, by the way, is the greatest return you can get. And when we talk about dollars with kingdom builders, we unashamedly know that we're talking about every dollar represents a story, represents a human being, and a human being that is finding Jesus. So that's why, you know, without hesitation, I stand before you today and I say to you, our kingdom builder task force, right? We have, we've sought the Lord, and here's what, we, here's what we're presenting to our body, that in 2021, we would operate in the ministry of generosity and invest into this world to see people find Jesus, $448,405. That's our goal for 2021. Now, it's not much greater than the goal that was set for 2020, okay? 2020 was a crazy year. There was some crazy stuff that went down in 2020, right? And we just felt like, look, we, we just to be like faithful to the Lord and faithful to you, it was one of those kind of things we felt like let's, we need to set the number somewhat close but stretch just a little bit. And I just want you to know, straight up, as your pastor, what is the, what's the vision God's put in my heart for Kingdom Builders in the future? That we would be a church that's giving over a million dollars every single year into the mission field to see more people find Jesus and lives changed. That's the kind of church that we want to be. That's where we're going, right? And one day, we will get there in Jesus' name. So ask me. Ask me the question you ought to be asking me. Pastor, wh- why do you focus on generosity? Why? Why do you do that? Just go ahead and ask me. Yeah, yeah, why? Like, why? Like, let me tell you why. Because God, God's, because Jesus said it, no. Um, in God's word, God gives clear instruction to the pastor about how, how they are to teach about generosity. Take a look at this one passage. 1 Timothy 6. It says, Pastor, Teach those who are rich in this world, right, rich in this world, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Tell them, pastor, tell them to use their money to do good. They they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. I love this. And you might sit out there and you'd be like, yeah, pastor, teach those who are rich to be more generous. I know somebody, they're sitting in this auditorium right now, or they're maybe watching online. Teach those who are rich, pastor, to be generous. I want you to notice this. It says, teach those who are rich in the what? World. It goes globally. God goes globally when he talks about who is rich in the world. Notice that. I mean, that's a key takeaway. Okay, because God's not talking about who's rich in your neighborhood. He's not talking about who's rich just in your state. He's not talking about who's rich just in America. Okay, that's where we go all the time when we think about richness. God's going globally. And God says to us, teach those who are rich 
in this world what to do with what? His blessing that he's given to us. So the question we need to answer right now is this. Is this passage of scripture speaking to you and me today? Are we the rich of the world? And we need to answer that question. And I've come up with a simple solution to figure this out, okay? Um, I've got two questions that I want us to address. I'm gonna throw these questions up there. I want you to keep your answers to yourself. You might wanna compete with the person that you said was the most beautiful thing you've seen all day, all right? You might wanna compete with them to see who's right. But these next two questions are gonna help us understand, is this scripture speaking to you and me or is it not? Take a look at this. It says, this is the first question. What is the average global income per person annually? What is the take home pay of the average person who is living on planet Earth today? Let me give you four choices to choose from. It's multiple choice, you gotta like that, all right? That means close your eyes, pick one. One of them is right. Is it 5,300, 10,200, 2,100, 22,400? One of those is right. Hang on to the answer, okay? Because that's, that's part of the equation A. Second part of the equation B is this. Where would you rank yourself, you personally, compared to the world's annual income? Where would you rank yourself? Let me show you some opportunities here. Are you in the top 10%, the top 20% of the world, top 30% of the world, or in the top 40% of the world. Okay, so pick an answer, okay, and the way that we answer these things is gonna determine whether this scripture applies to us. But you gotta be honest, okay? So let's go back to question number one, okay? The average take-home pay for a person on planet Earth today, on three at all of our campuses, and even online, if you're sitting there by yourself, yes, I want you to shout out the answer you think is right. On three, ready, one, two, three? If you said C, then you are correct. Can you imagine that? This is the average. If you don't remember basic math, the average means that there are, what? Half of the people below, half the people above. This is the median. This is like right in the center. The center, right? The average, $2,100 a year. So now let's look at the next one. Where does that put you in the scope of things? What was your answer on three? Yell it out, ready, one, two, three. If you said A, in the top 10%, on recent studies, the vast majority, the highest majority percentage of Americans are easily, easily inside of the top 10% of take-home pay in the world. So who in the world is 1 Timothy 6 talking about? It's talking about you. It's talking to you right now. Don't get caught up right now and going, well... It can't really be talking to me because my bank account doesn't look that way. Well, that's not, that's not A, my problem, and B, B, it's not God's problem, by the way. God made you the rich of the world. You see what I'm saying? So don't believe the lie like you look across the aisle and you go, that person's got many more zeros behind their name. No, God gave you and me the ministry or the mandate of generosity. A recent study was done um, of the world economics as well, and this is what it discovered. You take everybody in America that's classified as the poor of America, in the, underneath the poverty line of America, you take all of the people that are under the poverty line of America, you add them all up, 
add up all their assets, add up all the blessings that they have, add up everything they've got in a checking or savings account, add up what they've stuffed underneath the mattress, add it all up, and you add up all the poor of America, and they're one of the richest nations on planet Earth. So this is what I know about the scripture that we're dealing with, that God would be saying to a pastor like Jeff, preach this message to your congregation because I've made every single one of them the rich of the world, and I've given them the mandate of generosity, and I've called them to the ministry of giving. Guys, I'm 51 years old. I've been told most of my ministry career that there are people, there are people that, certain people that have the gift of ministry, a, a gift of giving, excuse me, that they have a ministry of giving. And I know that there are some that have just been blessed beyond measure, and that's awesome, and that they use those dollars to bless the kingdom of God, and you know, I love that and keep doing that, right? But I gotta confess to you today that my assumption of the way that that all works has been completely wrong, and that all of us that are hearing this message today that live in America, and there's people that watch that are outside of America, if you live in America, you're part of the rich of the world that God has blessed, and he's called every single one of you to the ministry of generosity. And when you exercise the ministry of generosity, there is enormous blessing that God has already established in his kingdom that flows in your life. Look what happens when you start exercising the ministry of generosity that God's called all of us to. Look, check this out in 2 Corinthians. He says, yes, you that exercise the gift of generosity, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take, Paul says, for, for the church of Corinth, when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. He says, so two good things will result from your ministry of giving. Check out these two incredible things that happen because of your ministry of giving. Number one, as a result of your ministry, they, people that you have never met before, right, they will give glory to God because of your ministry of generosity. For your generosity to them and to all believers who pro will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. How awesome is that? Secondly, though, is here. Check it out. And secondly, they will, people again that you don't even know, they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace or generosity that God has given to you. So notice these three critical things right out of this passage. First, God blesses you financially so that you can always be generous. Just notice this. We don't give to get. Get that thought out of your head. That's not even biblically correct. And when we give, we shouldn't always expect some kind of financial return. That's not always the way God blesses the generous person. But I do see in Scripture that God says, look, I want to return a financial blessing to you because I want you to always be generous. So resist the temptation that if you were generous in 2020 and God did some kind of miracle with your finances, that you would turn around and spend it all on yourself. That God gave it to you so that you can be a blessing to others. So we give to continue to be a blessing. And God's the one who established that. Secondly, I want you to notice this out of that passage, that when you give generously to those in need, they give glory to God. How cool is that, church? That when you are generous, somebody on the other side of the planet, right, someone potentially out in Ogallala is calling out and praising, giving glory to God for the very first time in their entire life. 
Some of them are praising God because a practical need that was so important to them was miraculously met because of your generosity and our partnerships around the world through Kingdom Builders. How cool is it that when you give generously, people praise God? What? That's exciting. Lastly, though, in this passage, I see this, that when you give generously to those in need, you reap deep, affectionate prayers from people you've never met before, and they're praying this, God, may you continue to bless those people in America, that they would have abundance more so that they can be a greater blessing you know, to our, our little town and to other people around the world so that more people would find Jesus and lives would be changed. Did you notice that out of this passage, God says these are two things that are coming back at you. You give, I figure out how to bless you so that you can be more of a blessing. You give, people are randomly praying for you, but not just praying for you, affectionately praying for you, thanking God for your blessing. You give, and this is what externally happens. People praise God. Two come back to you, one goes out. This is what it tells me, that our core value is 100. No, it's 1,000% correct. You cannot outgive God. Now that's good right there, I'm just going to tell you. That was, that was laid out pretty well. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you caught it. I, I'm not sure. You might have to watch it again to really get it. But you should be sitting there right now squirming just a little bit. Because up until this point, you may not have considered yourself to be the rich. You may have considered yourself to be the average. You may have considered yourself to be the below average. But that's the way you see you. That's not the way God sees you. God sees you in a whole different light. And I'm going to tell you something else. So does your enemy. Satan sees you as the rich of the world. Therefore, your generosity is under attack like nothing else. Your generosity has been under attack by the enemy because he wants to distort and warp the very blessing that God has given you to be used in a way that doesn't bless God's kingdom. That's his entire agenda. He wants to do anything and everything he can to warp what God has done so that it doesn't return a blessing back to God's kingdom. And he's doing this even with your act of generosity and your ministry of generosity. Recently, it was reported on January 27th by Daniel Kurt, and I just read this, and this was so fitting. He just reported this just a couple of days ago in some recent studies that the United States has the fourth highest average household income in the world. So not only are we in the you know, top 10%, but in the top 10%, there are only three other countries that are ahead of us when it comes to average household income. You're the fourth richest household income nation in the world. However, we're only the 22nd, the 22nd ranked country when it comes to household wealth. There's a great disparity between what God has given us and what we currently have as wealth are your net wealth. You add it all up. What, is, what are you actually worth? And the difference, the reason why we're only 22nd when we're the fourth you know, richest household income is because the debt in America, the debt in America is more per household than any other country in the world. What am I trying to say to you? I'm trying to say to you this. You are the rich of the world the enemy knows it. He's attacking you through debt 
and through personal spending and out-of-control spending to try to keep you from being the greatest blessing God wants you to be in being generous, the mandate of generosity. And it's, it's, we, bought the, we bought the lie. We, we took the bait. We went down the tubes with the enemy, and we've racked up all of our debt to a place where we're only the second, the 22nd, and where the margin of our giving has decreased to such a place that we're so minuscule in the way we can be a blessing. $438,000 is nothing when the enemy gets off of our back and stops attacking you and allowing, allowing him to have his way in your finances. It's amazing what God would be able to do through us once we rebuke the enemy and we walk away from that. So how do you get back on God's page and, and, and minister in the gift and the ministry of generosity? You're not going to like the answer. Because it starts with denying self. You and me, if we want to be people that operate in the ministry that we've been called to of generosity, we have to start by denying ourselves. We got to start in 2021, start saying no to certain things that we just waste our money on. We got to back down from that. We got to purposefully, purposefully, not just I hope it happens, but purposefully figure out how to, you know, increase the margin of our income versus our expenses so that we can set ourselves up to be a greater blessing, to be used by God and be generous. But I want you to know something. The other thing that God's called us to do if we want to increase our margin of generosity is to step out by faith and to start trusting him first with our tithe. See, tithe, giving God, tithe literally means 10%. Giving God the first 10% of our, what we make, what we take home, that's obedient giving. That's not generous giving. Some people have thought that throughout the years, and I'm here to debunk that. That's not generous giving. That's obedient giving. God says, no, you bring that into my storehouse, and I'll prove to you my faithfulness. Then above and beyond that, when we talk generous giving, we're talking above and beyond our tithe. The enemy's attacking our finances because we're the richest of the world. He knows it. We don't know it. If we were to wake up to that and realize what we have, then we would say, God, thank you. How in the world can I give some of this back to be a blessing to you? And guys, if, if your finances are all wrapped up and twisted up and you want to unravel it, the next time we offer Financial Peace University, I would suggest you take it. Take the course. It's a biblical idea, right, that unpacks God's word in such a way so practical that it will help you unravel this spiritual attack of debt and turn you into the person that you were meant to be, the person that is operating in the ministry of generosity. So a great way to begin in 2021, if you want to step up the generosity, is to join with New Life Church and become a kingdom builder. And I want to invite every single one of you to be kingdom builders in 2021. When you came in the door, you should have received one of our kingdom builder books. They're awesome, by the way. All right? It's a vision casting book. It's like no other, few churches do this. Okay? We commit at the beginning of the year that, guys, look, through, through your generous giving and God willing, if we, if we were to give, right, the $448,000, we would already tell you where we're going to give those dollars. I mean, that's pretty transparent. We're going to give the dollars to these people and these, these line items that are in this book. This is the vision of 2021 for Kingdom Builders. This is the mutual fund idea, if you can put it that way, Right? And so we're committing to that. We're all in. And you read through this book and you're going to see some amazing things that God's going to be doing through our church in 2021. Use this book as a prayer guide. 
I would encourage you, get a pen out and start praying through every single line item that's on here and use it throughout the year to pray and have a heart for God, uh, you know, have a heart from God for his kingdom to be built. Because I'm telling you that, you know, we're meeting needs all around the world through Kingdom Builders. We're feeding the hungry. We're setting free the addicted. We're rescuing those trapped in sex trafficking. We're building homes for the homeless. We're providing a future even for the orphan. We're doing all of this in Jesus' name. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're sharing Jesus in countries oppressed by false religion and hostile to Christianity. We're planting life-giving churches in America, right, in our backyard. This year, we're going to partner with a church that's being planted in Omaha, right, in Latin America, in Europe, and on the, on the Asian continent as well. We're empowering house churches in countries that have outlawed Christianity, where they don't get to gather like us, where they don't get to sing, you know, loud like us, where they have to baptize one another in the bathtubs. And we're partnering with Version to translate the Bible into every known language digitally in the world so that more people have access to understanding the true love of Jesus Christ for their life. And guys, when you become a kingdom builder, when you become a kingdom builder, I don't want you to forget this. Take home, right? When you become a kingdom builder, people are going to praise God because of your giving. Just know that. People are going to pray passionate prayers for you. Because of your giving, God, God is going to figure out ways to pour more into your life so that you can give more away in all kinds of different ways. So where does it start? Well, I, every, like everything else, it starts with a commitment. We got to make a commitment. We're, we're, we're non-committal people. We like to just kind of go with the flow, and if everything works out financially, Jeff, in 2021, then I'll do it. And I'm suggesting to you that if you take that approach, you'll never operate in the ministry of generosity that God's called you to. You'll squander it all. And we will all be accountable for what God has blessed us with. This commitment card that's in your Kingdom Builder book is designed as a, um, as a take-home piece. But then at the bottom, there is a perforation area. And if you were to fill your name out on the back of it, give us just a brief amount of information, then we, we could be praying with you this, this year. That God would use your life in extraordinary ways in 2021 through the ministry of generosity. And all we ask you to do is consider two critical things. One, my annual commitment. What do we mean by that? Well, since you've been given the ministry of generosity, then one of the things we should be doing is looking at our budget, looking at what we are given, and we should be figuring out in that budget how much of it do we want to use to be generous in God's kingdom. And that's the number that we put down on the annual commitment. Right, but then there's the other one, by faith. First is the blessing from God and what we're gonna do with it. Secondly, it's then by faith. God, I would love, God, if there was a way, Lord, that you would bless me with $10,000, I wanna give it to kingdom builders. Kim and I, we did that last year. We wrote down $5,000. By the end of the week, on this Sunday, by the end of the week on Friday, we, we got the $5,000. It was like mind-blowing. I was like, what in the world? Man, that's crazy. It, it, it just it stretched my faith, guys, just to believe. So we turned right around, gave it to the church. God's used it in amazing ways. So look, one of them is my budget, what I can do with what God's given me. Secondly is God by faith. It's beyond my budget. It's something beyond what I can dream or I, what I can understand and how it's going to happen. But I, but I would love to be a part of building your kingdom that way. 
I want to invite you to, to step up and join us in that capacity. Step up this year. Some of you, you joined and became a kingdom builder at the end of 2020 when we, when we cast the vision for the miracle offering. Thank you. But now I invite you to become kingdom builders for the entire year of 2021. And just know that your, your monthly giving or your one-time annual gift or whatever it does for you, those dollars will be used every single month as our task force meets to fund the projects that are in this book. And then you can track along with us at mynewlifechurch.com and you can go to the Kingdom Builder section and we'll show you right online what we, what we funded. It will just be right there and we'll update it every single month as we fund projects. And let's have an exciting year this year. Let's step out and audaciously trust the Lord and let's see what God will do through our ministry of generosity. May God bless you guys this year. Why don't you stand with me? Let me pray for you. Father, today, our eyes are opened. And for some of us, maybe for the very first time, that you have, for whatever reason, you have called us to be part of the rich of the world. And with that blessing comes great responsibility. Forgive us for the squandering of it, for the misuse of it, for the selfishness of it. When it wasn't just meant to be for us, how much we can budget into our expenses, but it was meant also for us to stop and to say to you, God, Lord, why, why have you blessed us in such a way? Forgive us for living in our little bubble called America. We forgot about the way the rest of the world, a majority of the world, lives. We've forgotten about places that don't have the gospel message being presented to them. We've forgotten about those who are dying of hunger today and dying without the hope of Jesus Christ. But we've forgotten about those who are caught up in sex trafficking. They never meant to be in that place, but that's where they are. May we cry out with the needy. May we help the hurting. May we feed the hungry. Give water to the thirsty. Plant churches for those spiritually dry. Cast missionaries into countries that are closed to the gospel. May you use us, one little church in America. Would you use us to be a part of the grander vision that you have in your heart that every single person would know you as Lord and Savior and have their life radically changed by you. God, we believe that you'll use kingdom builders to help make that happen. So Lord, we trust you today. We love you. And Lord, I ask that, Lord, today, now, you would speak to this congregation and you would make it clear to them with unity in their home of how we are to move forward with this unique ministry, a ministry of giving and a ministry of generosity. May we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.